0: gather in, gather them in out of the hallways and the highways and the byways and the lobbies and the kitchens and everything else. Praise God. Well, we have, a, uh, we have different people that are down sick, and we'd appreciate your prayers for those. Linda's down, and uh, Jim Mullins is down, and some others are down. But we're not out (laughs) and uh, so we we praise God that you're here today and those we welcome those that are watching on the live stream we want to enter in and worship the Lord of glory today and uh, we're so happy to have our dear friends Mike and Connie with us today and we're just gonna praise God together amen let's stand together for a word of prayer and get started today Heavenly Father, we're thankful for each one gathered here and those that are on the way. And we pray, Father, for your hand to be upon those who are watching via the live stream, that, Father, you would meet with them and do supernatural things right where they are as well. We pray, Father, for healing. We've had so many that have come down with infections and whatever. And we pray, Father, that you would touch them and speak healing to their bodies and restore them to us. We ask your blessing upon our time together today that we would make a joyful noise unto the Lord and that we would sing your praises and we would allow your Holy Spirit to take your word and graft it into our hearts. We ask, Father, your blessing upon this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, Lord.
1: You may be seated. How's everyone doing today? It's so good to see y'all. I know, right? Everyone, y'all still sleeping? Come on. It's Sunday morning. It's Mission Sunday. Football starts today. That might be secondary, but you know, we still love it. Um, Paul, Mark, come on up, buddy. Sir, I mean, sir. Yes, praise God. We want to welcome all of our guests here today. If you're joining us in person or on the live stream, we want to thank you for coming to. All right. Anyways, thanks, Gary. Oh yeah. Welcome our guest. I'm so sorry. I have a squirrel mindset. So if you are a guest with us, if you want to raise up your hand and um, we can give you a greeting card, just fill it out and put it in one of the offering plates so we can keep in touch with you and you can keep up to date with the things that are going on here at the church. Can we get a round of applause for all our guests? Alrighty. Well, as always, we have Wednesday services. If you can come and join us, we would appreciate having you there. We have 10 a.m. Bible study as well as acti- er, uh, different classes for each and every age group at 7 p.m. So if you're able to come and join us on Wednesday nights, we'd love to have you out. Um, this week we have our food distribution on Saturday, but also the delivery on Friday. So if you're able to come and help us with that. If you could sign up to volunteer in the lobby, we would appreciate it. And the football sign-up is out in the lobby, everyone. Yeah, injury. Yeah, buddy. Trinity flag football is is geared up and getting ready to go. So if you're able, please sign up in the lobby. Um, Andy, you're not allowed to play. Phil's not allowed to play. There's a few that are just on the injury reserve forever, so. If you are married, make sure you ask your wives before you sign up. That would be very appreciated. Um, If the ushers could come forward as I turn things over to Pastor.
0: Praise God. As the brethren are coming to receive this morning's offering, tithes and offerings, I want to first of all thank everyone who has been faithfully supporting the work of the ministries here at Trinity and we thank you we have individuals you may not be aware of this but we have individuals that are watching right now by the live stream that faithfully support every week uh, the ministry this is their their church now they're shut in they can't make it and but they're supporting with their tithes and offerings and the world is being impacted through your giving people here in the area are receiving the ministry of uh the gospel and also the gospel of the love of christ and our missionaries around the world we remind you to be supportive of our missionaries they're over in a foreign field and they need their monthly committed support to stay there and we just praise god for your faithfulness and the faithfulness of god to help us provide these things Heavenly Father, we come in the name of Jesus we give you praise for your faithfulness. The old hymn put it best, Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. All we have needed, your hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, to me. Father, as we give today, remind us of your faithfulness and give us opportunity to praise you in our giving i pray your blessing upon those who make an investment in the kingdom of god today and we know that you watch just as jesus watched as they gave at the temple it's not the size of the gift but it's the heart of the giver we ask your blessing today in jesus name As you give, once you've passed the plates, stand to your feet and continue to worship. Lord bless you today. owner, who ultimately was saved and went into the ministry and preached that Jesus sets the captives free, breaks the chains that make us slave to sin and habits. And in song after song after song today, I had confirmation and so Next Sunday we'll be sharing the drama The power of the Word of God To set people free If you have some Friends or family members That are chained To sin Chained to habits Chained to unchristian behavior Chained to Patterns of life Out next Sunday, because I know a God who sets people free, and He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So I invite you. I, before the worship team leaves, I I was going to start a new series next week: Slain Giants, and in walks. A Giants fan any David fans out there and uh, so and just as he walked in I says Lord you're, uh, what are you trying to tell me you know I cannot start a series with him dressed up as a Giants fan and we're gonna bring the Giants to their knees you know uh, nothing personal about your team nothing not, 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 not personal a big black and blue once david gets finished with you but so i knew boy i'm probably not going to start that next sunday and then they started song after song after song about the chains and setting people free and liberation and so we're going to be doing that you may be seated uh now that's a photo a recent photo of jedediah smith the quaker uh, gentleman who's going to be speaking next week there he is and uh you're not allowed to smile when you have your passport taken i got a passport to come to ohio but uh yesterday before yesterday on friday when i was traveling down to do jedediah smith at the Royal Ranger powwow campout, regional campout, I had consumed multiple iced teas on the way down and felt the urge for a rest stop. Not that I was tired, but I needed a rest stop. And I pulled in and I turned the car off and I was sitting there in this garb and I was just ready to get out of my car. When a van load of Amish came up beside <laughs> and they got out and they were, it was a couple large families and you know, Amish aren't allowed to have cars themselves. They pay somebody to van ride them around and that's this family had done that and uh, But as these children and the adults, dressed very similar to me, to Jedediah, came by, the kids are tripping over themselves, looking at what they assume is another Amish driving his own car. And the the parents are dragging these kids along. They have hand on hand, and he says, don't stare! Don't stare! Don't stare! But the kids, and so I, I said, you know what? I I think, rather than really torture them by going inside, I I think I'll just go to the, to the campground, and uh, have my rest there. But, I do encourage you. Uh, I was not going to do the drama here. Uh, but I asked the Lord and he's confirmed it for me I invite you to maybe some of you are battling with some things that have you shackled some situ (laughs) man we got some death wish over here I but uh, (laughs) but some things some family members friends that are chained And they can only be set free. It's not willpower that sets you free. But the Spirit of the Lord can break the chains. And I invite you to be evangelists this week and bring people out. It'll be non-threatening to them because it's an elderly Quaker gentleman that will be sharing with them. And so he doesn't know them, so he can't be talking to them. But the Spirit of the Lord can set people free. can break the chains of sin and addictions and habits and behaviors and cause us to walk in liberty. So be a part of that. Evangelizing this week, inviting some folks out to Jedediah Smith. That's sufficient. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. I can only imagine the conversations that were held in the van what order are they with and the father would have said children they are out of order (laughs) now that you're rested up would you stand with me please as we embark on our final episode in our series face-to-face with the Almighty, one-on-one encounters with God. Let me encourage you to not stop your study with this, but to go through the Bible and do your own study on some face-to-face, one-on-one encounters with the Lord. Go and find where Nicodemus had a one-on-one with Jesus and what it did for him go to the rich young ruler go to stephen's story and he had a one-on-one audience with the resurrected christ as they were pelting him with stones i encourage you to continue your study but we're going to turn you in the bible to revelation the book of the revelation chapter one we're going to start with verse number nine Chapter 1, verse number 9. I know it says something different in the bulletin, but my handwriting is illegible sometimes, and uh, it was supposed to say what I just said. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a a loud voice as of a trumpet saying I am the Alpha and the Omega the first And the last, what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. We're going to stop right there. Father God, as we look at this one on one with John the Revelator, speak to our hearts, encourage the believer convict the sinner and draw back the wayward we ask it all in jesus name Amen. amen amen you may be seated i encourage you to go online and look at some of the other messages in this series face to face with the almighty I believe we've had a good time together in the book and seeing what happens when god goes one-on-one with a person i want you to journey with me today overseas on the other side of the world so to speak and i want you to go back in time with me we have that benefit we can use our imaginations and go back in time Well, how far back well about 81 a.d somebody calculate for me and tell me the answer how many years ago that was you're on your phones anyway so shouldn't shouldn't be hard (laughs) rome is in control of the known world at that time all of Africa, all of Asia, all of Asia Minor, the Sinai, Europe, and up into the regions of what is now Russia and the Ukraine, Rome was in charge. And here we find that the Emperor Domitian. Has taken it as his personal mission to wipe out followers of Christ because they were a threat they were a threat to him not because of their armies but because of their God and their beliefs you see the Romans believed in thousands thousands of gods and goddesses who were just like them evil, mean-spirited, cunning, divisive, cheats, liars. And even the emperor was worshipped as a god. They had set up temples to the emperors at the entrance to most seaports where the very first thing that you would do when you arrived by boat With a cargo or whatever, you would go first of all and bring an offering to the god Domitian, or whatever deity was in vogue in that city. Domitian believed that he was a god. He had to know better because he'd stub his toe just like anybody else, but. Have you ever noticed that people are able to delude themselves into thinking that they're better than they are? People living as if they are in charge of their lives and then something happens to let them know you have no control over your life. But the Christians believed in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus, the only begotten of the Father who came and died on the cross for the sins of the whole world and there was only one way to the Father and it was through Jesus Christ, not any other. Well, you can understand how Domitian, the emperor, wanted to get rid of those people. Well, they tried locking them up in prison. That did not work well at all. Because we have in the book of Acts numerous accounts how that even though in prison the Lord showed up and people were saved. People's lives were transformed. Someone was chained to Paul and went back and was saved and was restored to his former master. We have all kinds of references how that Even when Paul was in Rome in prison under house arrest, he led some of the household of Caesar at the time, the emperor, to Christ. The guards that were watching over him became disciples of Jesus Christ. Domitian realized this is not going to work. We put them in prison and they change the prison that they're in. Let's do this. And under the rule of Domitian, they decided that they had conquered Greece years ago and Greece has thousands, literally thousands of small rock islands in the Aegean Sea. How many of you have ever flown over Greece? Any of you flown over Greece? And it's just like somebody put a bunch of rocks in the puddle. You know, it's it's just everywhere you look, there's rocks. And you say, well, could people live on that? Uh, Domitian really didn't care. He would send not two or three or four Christian leaders, but he would put them one on a rock, an island. They were penal colonies where they would send the worst of the worst of the criminals. They didn't feed them. They didn't provide them shelter. They didn't police them. It was shark-infested waters. They really weren't going anywhere. And so Domitian's plan and the plan of the Roman Empire was they're not going any place let them kill each other off we don't care and on one of these tiny rocks because he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ what was his reward it wasn't a cushy lifestyle it wasn't plush accommodations it wasn't the raves and accolades of followers he was arrested sentenced to life on a rock in the middle of the Aegean Sea no other Christians there just heinous criminals murderers thieves and robbers the worst of the worst and there he was on a rock in the Aegean we have no idea From history, how long he was sentenced for. You see, the emperor didn't have to play by any rules because Christians were considered fair game for any of his atrocities. They had no rights. And this was a a Jewish convert to Christianity, this John, one of the the twelve. And rather than retire in in a lap of luxury surrounded by believers, he's going to spend probably most of the remainder of his life surrounded by people who would just as soon kill him as see him. We have no idea how long he had been there when the words that we just read were written. It could have been a year could have been ten. We do not know. But John kept following Jesus even though he was the only one there who did. He was on a rock in the Aegean, seemingly all by himself, but John kept track of what day of the week it was. Some of you, we have some that are retired, can't figure out what day of the week it is. I think I've told some of you the story of a gentleman I had in our church at, at Eastgate. I came there Sunday morning and had coffee with some of the folks from the church and Donuts and breakfast, and we came over. I came over, and he's out working in the barn at the church. He's moving things around and painting. And I said, Hey brother, what are you doing? He said, What does it look like I'm doing, preacher? I'm cleaning this thing up. I'm working on it. I said, You can't do that today. Well, I'd like to know why not. I says, well, because it's Sunday and it's time for church. It would set a poor example for you to be out here working when we're supposed to be in work. This is not Sunday. I said, "Oh, oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, it's not. I think I'd know if it was Sunday. So I went to the car and got the Columbus Dispatch, which I used to take. And I handed it to him. And he looked up And he looked at me, dropped his head, dropped his paintbrush, got in his car, drove off. He left the barn wide open, all the stuff there. He was just overwhelmed because he was retired and he couldn't remember what in the world the day of the week was. But imagine this, before calendars, before your smartphone, before a newspaper, before the morning news, John kept track of what day of the week it was because he remembered the first day he celebrated the Lord's Day. You see, it was John and Peter and some of the women let me read what he wrote 50 years before this 50 years before this the Holy Spirit moved upon John to write these words that we have recorded in John chapter 19 and 20 chapter 19 verse 42 begins so there they laid Jesus because of the Jews preparation day for the tomb was nearby Chapter 20, on the first day of the week. Now what day of the week would that be in the Jewish calendar? Sunday. Sabbath is Saturday. Sunday is the first day of the week. Uh, Check me out, I'm right. But uh, the first day of the week. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. And saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple John always didn't mention his name he would talk about the other disciple or the one whom Jesus loved didn't want to draw attention to himself then she ran and came to Simon Peter to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, John, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple, John, outran Peter, and came to the tomb first and he stooping down looked in and saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, huffing and puffing and huffing and puffing, came up following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, John, who came to the tomb first, went in also. And he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he, Jesus, must rise again from the dead. There John is, on a rock in the middle of the Aegean surrounded by criminals and malcontents evil people no one to guard or protect him and yet in his mind he keeps track of what day of the week it is and when it comes to the first day of the week they began to call it the lord's day that's when the lord rose out of that tomb in victory over death you see The Jews still were celebrating the Sabbath, but the Gentiles, they had no regard for Saturday, for the Sabbath. And so when the gospel was preached among the Gentiles, they began to center in on the first day of the week. That's when they met. We have it from various scriptures. And when you gather together on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, take up your offerings and support those that are in need. The Gentiles began to celebrate, not the Sabbath day, not the day Jesus was still in the tomb, but they began to celebrate the first day of the week. They would gather together on the first day of the week and they called it the Lord's Day or the Resurrection Day. And every time that first day of the week came around, they would celebrate the resurrection of the King of glory, the resurrection of the one who conquered death in the grave, the one who burst out of the tomb and is alive forevermore. John kept track. I can't keep track, and I've got a calendar and a smartphone and a wife who reminds me and all kinds of other things on my computer and whatever and i'm still saying what day is it how many of you honestly were confused this past week because you had a holiday on monday and we had a low attendance on wednesday because some people thought it was tuesday can i get any honest people in the crowd that okay i i yeah yeah And you've got calendars, smartphones, and everything else. John had none of those. But so significant was what he had seen on that first day of the week, the Lord's Day. That every Lord's Day, he remembered. It was as if he was teleported back in time 50 years before. He could see himself running to the tomb after Mary Magdalene had said, the stone's been rolled away, the body's gone, but he had to see for himself. And he ran and he he looked inside, but he didn't enter in. And then Peter came up and gruff Peter, he goes in and he storms out. But John stayed. And he looked in and at that moment when he saw the grave clothes of the master, He believed. He believed. Jesus is alive. It's significant that he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Folks, it was a big deal to John. Sad to say, the Lord's Day has slacked in the hearts and minds of many believers today. It becomes just another day. Well, we could plan it then. We're not doing anything else. Oh, don't you go to church? Well, you know, they'll understand. John wouldn't have understood because the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, Changed his eternity, changed his life. You see, you can go to church on Sunday, or you can be in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and they're two different things. They're two different things. We're all here, as I always say, we're all here, but we're not all there. John was reliving that day as he's walking around surrounded by criminals and murderers and thieves and robbers people who would assault and kill him for a morsel of bread and as he's walking around his spirit was in tune with the spirit of Almighty God the power of the resurrection came back to him and he was reminded of what he had witnessed Fifty years before, and it came alive, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Folks, are you here? But are you in the Spirit? Before I go further, and looking at this face-to-face that John had with the Lord, I'm going to invite you to take a few minutes with me. I'm going to unencumber you. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet for a moment and begin to worship the one, the only, Jesus Christ who came out of that grave, who came out in victory, who rules and reigns today, who died on the cross for your sin raised incorruptible Ascended to heaven, is seated at the right hand of God, uh, the Father Almighty, and He's coming again. He's coming again. This Jesus Christ is still the resurrected Christ. Can we get in the Spirit on the Lord's Day today? I'm glad you're in church. I'm glad you're watching. But if you're not in the Spirit, it's going to lose every significance. It's not about attending a meeting, it's about an encounter. With the Lord Almighty God. Bless the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Redeemer. Our resurrected Christ. But, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Compare it to John as you're seated. What rock are you on? You can be seated. Some of us are kind of on a rock today. You've heard the old expression between a rock and a hard place? That means there ain't no safe place or soft place. How many of you are on kind of a rocky place right now in your life? I'm not saying that you're not right with God. I'm just saying it's a hard time. It's a rocky time. The old spiritual said, It's not an easy road Many of you have had some trip- ups and some stub in the toes and the it's a rocky place. But I guarantee you by the power of the Word of God, if you set your affection upon the resurrected Christ, he can turn that rock into an encounter. He can turn that rocky place you're walking in into a place where you can lift your gaze and fix it upon the risen Son of God and know that even though you're walking among rocks surrounded by criminals and surrounded by all kinds of unfairness and all kinds of evil and things are going down that you can't even imagine and people's perverted thinking and people's perverted lives are surrounding you and impinging upon you and you're going through difficult times and hard times and suffering neglect and want, but you can know that you can have an audience with the King of kings and the Lord of lords even on your rock in the Aegean. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He had tuned His Spirit to the Holy Spirit now I don't know if any of you still have radio how many of you still have a radio in your car not serious I'm talking about it I am serious but not the serious radio how many of you have, I was trying to tune in some things yesterday I was trying to tune in some ball games on my way down to Cincinnati and I couldn't get a thing uh, and I was too lazy to pull over and stop and try to find it on the serious radio satellite but, but as you're tuning a radio, you'll, right before you get to the real station, you'll get some fuzz coming across. You're almost there. You're not completely tuned in. You're on the fringe of the frequency. I want to tell you something. As I was studying about this, the Spirit of the Lord spoke strongly to me. He says, far too many of my children are on the fringe of the frequency, not fully tuned in to the Lord Almighty God, being distracted by other things. You know, when you're on the fringe of the frequency on the old radios, uh, you're not getting a clear signal. You're getting a little bit of this, and you drive a little bit further and a country music station will come in and impinge upon uh, what you're what you're after. Well, this is WBBB, and we're from, you know. Well, you're from all the way up there. How are you impinging on my radio station over here? I'm in Ohio, and, and you're in New Jersey, and how, how in the world? Because they have a stronger frequency. And I want to tell you something, church. You get... You need to get tuned in. We all need to get tuned in to the wavelength of the Lord and be in the Spirit on the Lord's day and every day because there are other frequencies out there that want to impinge upon what you're hearing, what you're experiencing, what you're seeing. In the old days when you used to travel, before I had satellite radio, I would be forever searching for the next decent channel as I'm traveling, maybe to Myrtle Beach or whatever. And I'm over there, I'm Linda says, concentrate on driving. Would you please? Because I'm over there. I think I'm watching the road, but every once in a while I'm glancing down. She says, get over in your lane. Okay. When you're channel surfing. You're looking for a good station, but you run across a lot of junk. I I, I don't know why the Lord's leading me down this road today, but somebody needs to hear this. We need to get tuned in to the one whose day this is. John, against all the things that were against it, was in the Spirit, On the Lord's day, he knew what day it was, he knew what he had witnessed 50 years ago, and he'd never gotten over it. One of the joys that I have in taking people to Israel, I look forward to this more than any other part. Says, what part, Pat? Pat? When you go to the empty tomb, I love the empty tomb. When you go to the, when you go to, uh, The Sea of the Gal. I love the Sea of Galilee, but you know what I like best? I like watching the eyes of people who were in Israel. The very first Easter after they get back. I may have a congregation of 100 or 200 or three or four, whatever. I've taken large churches over and large groups but to watch them as we read the story from John, Matthew, Mark, or Luke. And they may be there in the sanctuary, but they're a couple thousand miles away by by a sea of Galilee or by an empty tomb. And they were overwhelmed because they are in the Spirit in that moment. Folks, John had every reason in the book not to be in the Spirit on that Lord's Day. How in the world he ever knew it was the Lord's Day? You know, I just have a theory. I can't prove it. He was in the Spirit on the day before the Lord's Day too that's just my theory it was not just a a one-day-a-week thing for John when you're on a rock in the Aegean and you're surrounded by criminals and people who would like to kill you you better be walking in the spirit every day I haven't got to my message yet I better get there huh Am I going to be in church or am I going to be in the spirit in church? Am I going to be at work or am I going to be in the spirit at work? Wherever we are, we have a choice to make. And John chose righteously. Since John was all alone seemingly on a rock in the middle of the Aegean, Surrounded by those who would kill him for a morsel of bread. He couldn't go anywhere. The shark infested waters around about and the length of the distance to a safe shore. There was no way. But God made a way to meet him right there, right where he was nothing can keep jesus away from your rock i don't know what rock you're living on right now it may be a craggy rock with all kinds of problems and difficulties and you're wondering how you're going to make it i have a good idea that if we will begin to get in the spirit in the presence of the Lord that the Almighty God will come and give us a face-to-face encounter of His presence, of His power, of His glory, of His might, of His love, of His faith, of His mercy. And that's what happened to John. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard a voice. Now, he had been in the Spirit on other days, I have to believe. Not every day is going to be that day that you have a supernatural breakthrough, but every day could be a day you could have a supernatural breakthrough. I can't promise that you're going to have one today, but you know what? You could. You could. God could break through to you with a word from heaven's throne. But if you're not in the Spirit, you're not going to hear the voice behind you. If you're cluttered with other things and you're worried about this, that, and the other and you're not focused on Him, not tuned in to the holy wavelength of God, you're going to miss it. I cannot promise you that today's your day, but I can promise you it could be. Listen to me today. No situation is so bad. No rock so lonely. No day so dark. No enemy so large. No problem so complicated that can keep the Almighty from having a face-to-face with you when you're in the spirit. Now what happened on this face-to-face encounter? First of all, John witnessed Jesus as he really is. I know we've studied this many times as we've preached through and studied through the book of Revelation. John had walked with Jesus for three and a half years. John had heard the teaching. He knew the teacher, Jesus. He knew the healer, Jesus. He knew the miracle-working, Jesus. He knew the Jesus that became weary and tired and slept in the back of the boat. But he also knew the storm-calming, Jesus. He knew the Jesus because he was standing there with Jesus' earthly mother. As they lifted the cross of Jesus, everybody else had forsaken and run away. But John stood there as they lifted up a Jesus that was hard to recognize. The Bible says his face was so covered with blood, his beard had been plucked out, a crown of thorns riveted upon his head. He was lashed about all over his body. His hands and his feet were nailed. He was unrecognizable. John saw that Jesus too. He saw the resurrected Jesus who presenced himself in the upper room. But he had never seen the exalted Jesus who called to him that day. He had seen him in his humanity and his resurrection but he'd never seen him in his glory the closest he came was on the Mount of Transfiguration where he saw Jesus in resplendent glory lit up the sky with his presence but even that fell compared to what he saw that day and I turned when I heard the voice behind me And I heard, I am the Alpha and Omega. Now he'd heard Jesus talk before. And he talked many times in a still, small voice. He would command the waves, but he didn't have to raise his voice to do it. He would command demons, and all he had to do would say, Go, and they had to leave. When he turned to the woman with the issue of blood that had touched the hem of his garment, he says, "Daughter," he didn't yell at her. Daughter? No, he didn't. daughter, your faith has made you whole. But when he heard this voice, wow! It said it was like a trumpet. Now, my son played the trumpet. I love the trumpet music that he played after he learned, and. And at marching band, at competitions, and wherever, I could hear his trumpet. Now, he blended when he was supposed to blend, but when he had a solo, this old dad stood a little straighter. I could hear that trumpet cut through every other instrument, every other drum beat, every other cymbal, and it rose above every other sound. I know the tubas sound great, don't they, Nick? I know, I know the, the clarinets and everything else have a wonderful sound. And the drums and the cymbals are great to hear. But when that trumpet cuts through, you can hear it. And it, it causes a, a little goosebumps along your spine. And when John turned around, he wasn't hearing the still small voice of Jesus. He heard someone with a voice like a trumpet cutting through everything on that rock I am Alpha and Omega the beginning the end and everything in between the first and the last and he could have gone on and maybe he did he's the Almighty God the King of Glory John caught a fresh glimpse Of the glorified Jesus and you know what he did now John hadn't done that any other time in the story he didn't do it in the Gospels not once not once he'd seen the resurrected Christ but he saw him standing up he saw him in the boat he saw him but when he was confronted with the glory of the glorified Christ he on his face on the rock like he was dead we need to see jesus as he really is today he's not just the healer and the redeemer and the the man on the cross he is the king of kings And the Lord of lords and his voice can cut through all of the things on the rock you're living on right now. And notice what Jesus does. He fell at his face as though dead, but Jesus went to him and said, come on, John. I've got work for you to do. There's work after the revelation for John. John has a job to do. He said, I want you to take a note and I want you to send it to all the churches in Asia Minor that I named to you. I want you to take this message to them. And John began to write. And sometimes he would say, Stop writing. They couldn't handle this one. <laughs> Now, I don't, John says, well, what's that about? He says, it doesn't matter. I just want you to write. John didn't have all the answers, and he had tried to fill it in with, well, it's kind of like, and as if, and Jesus said, just just write it the way you see it. The people will realize you were in over your head because it's hard to describe the glory of the Lord. He saw jesus as he really was as he really is today and he fell before him i have a hunch that if we caught a glimpse of jesus as he really is his glory and his sinlessness and his purity and his holiness we wouldn't be so brusque in the way we talk to him or about him He saw the resurrected Christ, yes, but now he saw the glorified God. Hallelujah. We need to have a fresh exposure, a fresh glimpse of who Jesus is. He's not asking for anybody's permission anymore. He is large and in charge, and he's coming back. That's the second thing we find out about this lengthy face-to-face encounter that God through Jesus gave to John the Revelator at the end of the revelation John knew Jesus has it covered there he was on a rock there he was seeing all these plagues and all these things happen but he saw that at the end God was still on his throne. Satan wasn't elevated. Satan was cast aside. Those who followed the devil were burning in a lake of fire. Those who crossed the path of Jesus unrepentant were likewise judged. John saw that the Jesus who was dragged out of a garden and beaten to a bloody pulp and nailed to a conspicuous tree and died and thrown in a borrowed tomb, that he came out. This Jesus is not beaten or defeated. He is a victorious Lord. He is a victorious Christ and all who side with him walk in places of victory. Anybody else here proud to walk with the one who walks in victory? There is victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. He sought me. He bought me with his own precious blood. John saw Jesus has got it handled. The next thing that we learn from this face to face is this. He told John all this because Jesus said, I'm coming again. Just want you to know. I came the first time as Savior. I'm coming the next time as Judge. I'm coming again. We know that He's coming, first of all, for His church. Those who know Jesus Christ as his Savior, it's not church membership that gets you there. It's being a part of the church of the firstborn. You'd have to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're a part of that church. It's not the logbook registration of the church. It is being a part of Jesus Christ through salvation by his shed blood. He's coming first for his church. A trumpet will sound The dead are going to be reunited, their spirit reunited with their body. It's going to be glorified and they're going to rise first. Then we who are alive and remain changed immediately. This mortal will put on immortality. This achy joint will put on a new body. And this body that couldn't run a, a, half, a half a furlong down the middle of the aisle is going to be able to leap and shout all over glory because he's coming for his people. And we're going to be gathered up into clouds of glory. And we shall ever, 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 forever be with the Lord. And while we're celebrating around the throne god's still giving chances to people who've rejected him he sends down plagues of judgment and the scripture says yet they would not repent that means they could have if they wanted to we do have scripture to verify that there were people during the great tribulation that were saved will be saved in the future But why not get saved now and avoid the rush later amen but then at the end of that time that seven-year tribulation he's coming back and that's a time he's gonna set foot on the top of the Mount of Olives before he just came in clouds and we went to meet him he's coming back down he's gonna stand on the top of the Mount of Olives oh I love that place over there too stand on the top of the Mount of Olives. And when Jesus descends in clouds of glory and he sets foot on the top of the Mount of Olives, something's going to happen. The king is back in his realm. The king of glory is back on planet earth and now earthquake is gonna happen it's gonna split on the east and the west and it's gonna make a path for the king of glory to come from the top of the Mount of Olives and there's a big cemetery there right now but he's going to clear it out with an earthquake and the King of Glory is going to walk right in to the place of Jerusalem. He's going to walk into those gates that are sealed shut by the Muslims who took over the place and they're going to burst asunder. Open wide ye gates and the King of Glory, the King of Glory will come in. And he's going to walk right up the steps. He's going to go into a rebuilt temple that was built for the purpose of showing what the temple was symbolizing all along. And he's going to go in through the holy place. He's going to walk a little farther. He's going past the table of showbread. He's going past the the golden candelabra. He's going up to the altar of incense, and then he's going to whisk away the veil that was torn when he died, and he's going to walk right in to the Holy of Holies. He's going to sit on the mercy seat, and
2: he will reign forever and ever.
0: In Revelation 2, 5, Revelation two sixteen. Revelation 3.11 Revelation 22.12 Revelation 22.12 20 Jesus said I am coming quickly it doesn't it's not talking about dates and times it's talking about the suddenness in an hour that you think not then shall the son of man come Jesus is coming again church There won't be time when the trumpet sounds, when it cuts through everything. Now's the time to get ready. And after witnessing all of this in this one-on-one encounter, John says, even so come, Lord Jesus. One final note about this face-to-face that John had with Jesus. And it didn't hit me until just recently as I was studying. John is where? Where's he at again? He's stuck on a rock. At Patmos, and he is on a penal colony. No visitors, no guests. They don't even ship any food. You've got to kill or fish for what you got. There's no sentencing. He's just there until they decide he's either dead or they don't care about him anymore. But did you notice? The Lord speaks to him on the Lord's day when he's in the Spirit. He says, John, write what you see and send it. To the churches that I'm listing. Hmm. John didn't question. John just started writing. How in the world is he going to get. John wasn't concerned about him getting off of the rock, he wasn't concerned how it was going to happen. But if Jesus said, it's going to be sent. Jesus was going to make a way to send it. That's right. Sometimes we can be puzzled over things that we don't need to know. We can stumble over things that just frustrate us. Well, how can, why in the, well, I don't understand. I, you were, John didn't, he just started writing what he saw. He wrote it down as a reference and as a record. All I know is this I don't know how it happened tradition tells us one thing that ultimately John was released and he took the letters with him because there was no ships arriving except to drop off prisoners they were there to die I think that's probably what happened but when they took John from the Isle of Patmos you know what they found they found in some of the cave places inscriptions that he left a church of believers there. So however it happened, whether it was those believers being released and taking the messages or John being taken off the rock and was able to hand deliver, what a blessing that would have been. Can you imagine, John, walking into your church, you people of Ephesus? I've got a letter from Jesus to you. You think those people might have listened? Jesus. Well, where you been, John? I've been on Patmos, a penal colony rock. They left me there to die, but Jesus came to visit one day. And he says, I've got a letter to send to Ephesus, and I want you to send it to him." And I'm here today to proclaim to you, folks, if we would begin to listen to what the Word of God says, as if we would realize, finally, God is speaking to us. It would change the way we listen to the Word of God, wouldn't it? We don't know exactly how he got the letter off the island. But we know this. That revelation has spread around the globe many times. And the cool thing is, it wound up here this morning. And I have read from it to you. Jesus meets people on rocks and has a word for them. Look at all of the things that had to happen for that Word to be here for you today. All the martyrs who died, all the saints who lost everything to bring that Word one stop further. But the mail was delivered today to you. The Holy Spirit is here to interpret it to your heart. And the message... When John was in the spirit on the Lord's Day he heard a voice I believe that same Lord wants to connect with us face to face one-on-one that's the reason at the end of a service we have an altar call because God wants to have a one-on-one with you at a place of prayer today to put a seal To put a seal on what he's spoken to you about some here if i would have you to raise your hands i'm not but if i were to have you raise your hand some would say god spoke to me about lukewarmness god spoke to me about getting in the spirit god spoke to me about the situation i'm in but god can come and meet me there god spoke to me about who he really is that i should see the victory in jesus and not just all the problems that he's coming again that i need to have my heart right that god has sent his word and nothing can stop it from reaching it it may have been a different message for every person here but as the musicians return i invite you come and seal it at a place of prayer today a one-on-one face-to-face with John let him know that it's no rock so barren that rock you're on Jesus wants to meet you there and that he is coming again And that we need to see him in his victory rather than just the victories of the enemy around about us and that he'll make a way where there seemingly is no way to get his word out I'm gonna ask you to stand with me did I mention he's coming again he's coming for a people That are ready for his coming. I bet John was glad he was in the Spirit that Lord's day. And you will be too when you have a face to face with the Almighty. I invite you today to seal. one of the brethren to pray with you that's cool as well they'll be happy to do so but you need to have a one-on-one with the master today I invite you as a song is sung, even before the first song is sung, would you just slip out and make your way to a place of prayer say Lord I want to seal what God spoke to me today in my heart at this altar of i want you to put it like a a hot coal in my spirit like fire shut up in my bones let it come to me alive to me today father in jesus name i have tried to share what you laid upon my heart to share father seal your word draw us to being in the spirit On this Lord's day and each day tuned in to your divine wavelength and frequency that we would cease to focus on the rock that we're on focus on the rock of our salvation to quit focusing on what we're going through and focus on who we're going to one day Say into your heart, and an altar of prayer.